When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katzimatidis and Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Welcome back to the John Katzimatidis Cats at Night show on the line for us right now is the number one constitutional scholar in the country, esteemed attorney, Professor Alan Dershowitz, just 50 years at Harvard Law School, but a Brooklyn boy at heart. And he's with us every Tuesday here at WABC Radio. Hello, Professor Dershowitz. Hey, how are you? I have a new hero. Um, my new hero is uh, Marina Yanakova. You know who she is. She's the woman who ran out in front of the television cameras in Russia and said the war is terrible and Putin's terrible. And now they're trying to find her and maybe put her in jail. Um, she's my hero. I was interviewed by her a couple of times on wow. Russian television. I spoke to her off camera. And she is a hell of a woman. And uh, And we ought to all stand behind her and make sure she doesn't end up in some gulag uh, because she uh, uh, contradicted Putin and was was 100 percent right. That was brave of her. They have a few Alan. They have a 15 year term for that. I know. It's called, fake, it's, it's called fake news. Imagine how many how many other how many Americans would be in jail if there were a crime here for delivering how many newspaper news? publishers? Oh my God, <laughs> newspaper publishers! Yeah, where where, yeah. where are we going to first, uh, Professor? I mean, we had Roger Stone and his, one of his friends, a police officer in New York, uh, that like- that's just a friend of his. They're trying to throw him off the force. His name is Sal Greco. Uh, because uh, he was associating uh, with uh, just because he's friends Stone. with Roger Stone, yeah. Now, is oh, that before pardon or after pardon? Was he pardoned before? Or after? You want you want your pilot to be the best pilot in the world, your surgeon to be the best surgeon in the world, and you want your police officers to be highly qualified, and not to be picked based on politics or who they associate with or anything uh, like that. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just moving in, in the wrong direction on the on issues uh, of crime as well. The New York Times recently, for three days, it had three stories of crimes. The first story was a knifing at MoMA, a Museum of Modern Art. And in that case, they identified the assailant as white. The second case involved the, sh- the shooting of homeless people. And the person who did it was black, but they didn't identify him as black. And then just today. The Times had a story about a man who punched somebody, an Asian person, 125 times Yonkers. as a hate crime. Yeah. And again, they did not identify the, the person by by race. And so the question that I've asked on my show is, when is race relevant to the media? It's obviously relevant if a person's a fugitive and you want to identify him. You identify him by height, by weight, by gender, by race. But if that's not the issue... Should there be a different standard depending on the race of the person? I think that's an interesting issue, and it needs to be discussed Professor more. Professor Dershowitz, as, as somebody yeah. who worked in newsrooms for 20 years, this is a question I always asked. We're giving out the description yeah. of the suspect, saying what color shirt they're wearing, their haircut, but we were not allowed to say the race of the suspect. 
But the race yeah. is only relevant when it's involved with a police officer. Well, or it, it involves a, a white person. That's the only time. Yeah, yeah. When a white police officer, but it, but the it, race is always important. But the videos of that, that guy beating up that woman in Yonkers, the videos yeah, all over the news. It makes it clear. Yeah, it makes it very yeah, it clear. It makes it clear. Yeah. But, you know, still, I mean, the, 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 the issue is whether or not you have a single standard or a different standard. I think it's a hard I think it's a hard question. Look, we know that uh, African-Americans are discriminated against by the legal system. We also, they're, they're more likely to be stopped, more likely to be arrested. But when you get crimes like the anti-Asian hate crimes, a very significant number of them in New York have been committed by African-American people. Uh, you don't generalize about that. It's only the particular bad person that should be criticized. But when you have a hate crime, I don't know, maybe race is relevant. It's certainly the race of the victim is relevant. So is the race of the assailant. Well, we, we have an Asian-American in the studio, but I'm not sure I can call you Asian. I mean, you look Chinese, but you're an American citizen and you were born here. But I don't even so think... So what do I call you, Gordon? I don't... Gordon Chang. Gordon. That's, yeah, right. that's Gordon. it. You're just an American. Gordon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that... Clearly, um, Asian-Americans and Chinese-Americans have gone too far. And we've seen this because every time that an Asian-American or Chinese-American is a victim, it automatically becomes a hate crime. In some cases, it very well may be. But I'm not so sure that you can put all these together in one lump. And the one other thing about this, John, which really bothers me, and that is that the Communist Party of China in its Open propaganda says that you can't criticize the Communist Party of China because that will trigger anti-Asian hate in the United States. And this is a narrative the Biden administration has actually accepted, especially when they stopped their China initiative of the Justice Department. This seems to me to be wrong. I, I like I the Chinese people. I think they're terrific people. I think I they're do very too. smart people. And, and I, 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 I went to Brooklyn to Tech. Well, I went to Brooklyn Tech High School and a large portion – of the school was Asian, and uh, look, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with being smart. I think people should just yeah. be judged simply on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. I don't care what color you are. If you're a jerk, you're a Agreed. jerk. Agreed. Professor Dershowitz, but do you really feel that African Americans are being discriminated against by anybody, or is it more of like a socioeconomic issue as to why we are seeing so many more? black people in prison and being arrested by the police? Because I I feel that that's more of a factor than the color of someone's skin. Well, there are some experiments that show if you have people driving in a highway with equal cars, cars that look fine, and and there's no difference. Um, A study was done and it showed that you're more likely to be stopped if you're uh, African-American. Now, uh, whether that also uh, applies to prosecution and successful conviction. These are very, very hard issues to discern because when you combine two facts, one that there may be discriminatory application of the law, and second, there may be more crimes of a certain kind committed based on race, it's very hard to distinguish which is which. And so I think we have to Try to be as colorblind as possible. Try to be as racially neutral as possible and try to be as understanding. And of course, poverty is going to contribute to crime. You know, I have a great book I keep in my library. It's the 1886 list of criminals in New York. Who do you think they were in 1886? They were Jews, Irish Americans, Italian Americans, Greek Americans. They were the immigrants. And because they were poor and a lot of them came just males, not females, and they had a higher rate of crime than other people. So socioeconomics clearly contributes to crime. Professor, I hear you have a heart out. Uh, are you... I do, yes. I have my own show. I have the, the Durst Show on Rumble. It starts at 5.30. I don't want to 
Okay, we're going to let you go, but we'll continue. We'll continue this conversation later on uh, this week. Thank you. Um, let's go. Let's go back to Gordon Chang. Gordon, let's the, resume our conversation. Yeah, the issue, you know, Professor Dershowitz talked about colorblind. Well, you have admissions into Ivy League schools. Um, Asian Americans have a quota. Um, many of them don't get in, although they're qualified. Um, this really is an important issue when you start looking at affirmative action and many of the other issues that deal with race. Judge? I think uh, I think Martin Luther King had exactly right. Lydia quoted him correctly. <laughs> People should be judged by the content of the character, and I'd say by their ability. We shouldn't have quotas for any positions. I think uh, notwithstanding whatever qualifications the nominee, Judge Jackson, has to be on the Supreme Court of the United States – I think what uh, the president did was absolutely awful, saying he's only going to consider an African-American woman. I think that's terrible. How yeah. about just getting I the best wrong. person? And we've got to talk later on on uh, the person being withdrawn from the Fed or she withdrew. Uh, on the phone with us is Susan Birnbaum. She is CEO of the uh, uh, New York Police Foundation. And there was some big news today. Uh, Susan Birnbaum, tell us the news to all New Yorkers. Hi, Don. How are you? Thanks for having me on. I haven't seen you um, in hours. <laughs> yeah, you had a great lunch today at PAL. Congratulations. Lots of people there to support the, the great work you're doing, uh, bringing police and communities together. And so congratulations. I thought it was excellent. Susan Birnbaum, once again, the police really outdid themselves. The good old-fashioned police work. They caught that MoMA stabber, and they also caught that man that shot five people, two of them fatally in D.C., as well as here in New York City, the homeless people. Tell us about the police and just the dedication that goes into every single case that they take on. Well, you know, we have the best detectives in the world in New York, and we're very lucky. Um, Today's press conference really centered around the fact that law enforcement partners are working so closely together to solve these crimes. And so, as you know, between March 3rd and March 12th, five homeless individuals were shot, two of them fatally. And when the Metropolitan Police Department They were shot in D.C. and in New York. And what the Metropolitan Police Department realized that this was the same person. Uh, The NYPD and the MPD joined forces uh, to do a press conference yesterday to share photos through surveillance video. And we combined rewards through Crime Stoppers and Crime Solvers um, to uh, the public to help us identify the suspect and they would be rewarded through the tip lines if they were able to identify the suspect. And today's announcement was uh, the great news what the, is that they did, with the public's help, identify a suspect in association with the two homicides and the three shootings that took place in D.C. and in New York. Right. It was a uh, $70,000 reward. Now, how did the police even get those photos? That had to be a lot of work. That, that took yep. to, to get to get such detailed photos and following him. I mean, it's incredible. People, people don't realize just how sophisticated cops have to be in order to track down individuals like this. I know it's amazing. And it's because of their uh, the collaboration between the different police departments that they were able to go to people, get photos, get them circulated on the news um, and um really get the public to say, take a good look at these. We have surveillance video from Penn Station. We have a surveillance video from D.C. 
anybody who can get a good look at these photos calling your tips, and that's what happened. And it, it just highlights the work that the public is helping to identify subject, their location, and their name that led to being able to, to pick up the suspect. Is $70,000 a record amount for a reward? You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure, but this was a combination of uh, three different uh, organizations that, that pooled together uh, this, this amount because it was in different locations. Well, I don't mind putting up rewards if we can, we can get bad criminals like that and put them away and throw the key away. Absolutely, John. I agree. It's great. If we can get the reward amounts up, you know, we usually have guidelines for, for Crime Stopper rewards, but this particular instance, uh, you know, we had a number of different um, uh, organizations and um, uh, cities pitching in for the reward, so we were able to really get that reward up to that level. But, you know, we um, really have, it, we have the best police department here and we were on the we were on the radio with the chief of detectives a few weeks ago and and a few weeks ago they had two major arrests as well and those were very quick within 24 hours they arrested those violent criminals so i mean today and a few weeks ago I mean, they're doing a great job yeah I, I mean the thing is the tip line is totally anonymous it really supports the detectives in their work and they can they can move things very very quickly once the public helps them to identify someone uh and and can really lead them to to the location of the person too right and that suspect's name is uh 30 year old gerald brevard atf agents took him into custody he, in washington he, it's first of all it's atf so they're not going to let him go home so fast mm-hmm. because that's a federal <laughs> okay yep. uh, is the nypd working closer with the federal uh, uh government that way uh, they don't have to abide by the bail law you know, I don't know the answer to that, but in this particular situation, they were working also with ATF and, and D.C. So, and where is the person um, in jail, in Washington or New York? Washington. Yes, in Washington. Well, He's in Washington. They did a great job, both both uh, police departments. Susan Birnbaum, yep. thank you for all the work you do in Police Foundation. And anytime you need help from uh, from us, you let us know and we'll be there for you. Thank you. You're a great supporter, and we're grateful to you. Thanks so much. Thank you so much. Let's take a break, and when we come back. When we come back, we'll be talking more with uh, with Gordon Chang. Sounds good. You talk, we listen. This is Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC Traffic and Transit. In New Jersey, Edison, we have Parsonage Road northbound between Meadowbrook Road and Route 27 closed due to construction emergency repairs. In Union, an accident blocking the right lane I-278, New Jersey locals eastbound approaching exit 52, the Garden State Parkway. Checking the bridges and tunnels, GWB inbound upper. Earlier emergency maintenance on the New York side is now cleared. Lower okay, outbound heavy. Lincoln inbound okay, outbound 20 to 30 minute delays. Holland inbound okay from the turnpike. 5 to 10 from Route 1 and 9 outbound 30 to 40 minute delays. I'm Bob Brown with your 77 WABC Traffic and Transit Update.